about death is uncomfortable. We think if we don't talk about it, it won't happen. Sadly, this isn't true. It's the only thing in life that we can be certain about. And because we don't talk about it, often we don't know what to do when we experience the death of a loved one. My name is Fiona Garvin and this is Deadly Serious Conversations. I'll be talking to a range of people who will share their knowledge and experience so we can learn how to make dying part of living. Today on the podcast, I'm speaking to Jo Lincoln. The lovely Jo is a wife, she's a mother, she's a celebrant and a death doula. Jo offers practical non-medical support and care for those facing the end of their life and their families. She admits that she's guaranteed to make most people run the other way at parties with her incessant death talk. She's extremely passionate about her work and her energy is just contagious. In this episode, Joe offers a wealth of knowledge and experience to those facing the death of a loved one at home. So today we're going to talk a little bit about what happens when someone dies at home expectedly. Usually it might happen if they have been ill for a while. And today we're talking to Joe and Joe is a doula. So Joe, can you tell us a little bit about what a doula is and what they do? Sure. Well, essentially, a doula is a non-medical person. However, there could be a crossover, but generally a non-medical person who provides um, support emotionally, spiritually or physically um, an education to the dying person and to their caregivers and their loved ones. Wonderful. So that's it in a nutshell. So you will know from being with families Often when someone has died at home and and their death is expected, that time immediately after they pass away is usually still overwhelming and and can still be a shock, even if it is expected. So, you know, from your experience, can you tell us a little bit about what people should do in that period shortly after someone dies? Generally, I would say just to take a breath and a pause and not to panic. Yes. And just you know to be as present as you possibly can be even though as you've said most of the time people still go into shock yeah so the brain still does something and you may still be shaking and you there's still um there can still be you almost feel like you're separated from reality because you're in a very different state of mind to what you were previously all of a sudden and there can be that sense of panic about you know what do we do now you know, everything has been leading to this moment. And then suddenly you think, oh, what are we meant to do now? And and that's a good idea, you know, take a pause and just, just be in that moment. Yeah. And for people to know that it's okay and it may be uncomfortable, Yeah, but I encourage people all the time just to be in the discomfort. So it may be comfortable, uncomfortable for people to be with their loved one's body mm-hmm. and that's okay. They don't have, there's nothing that you have to do immediately in a legal, from a legal perspective, um, which I think is what people get caught up in a lot is what are we supposed to do or what are we allowed to do? Um, Or they're reacting from their discomfort rather than responding to what's happening in that moment. So from the perspective of what are we allowed to do or what should we do, 
you have a lot of space and time and freedom to act in a way that can um, be very healing for you rather than reactively and just getting the body out as quickly as possible and removing them so you can then, I don't know, go and cry in peace. I don't know. But there's, um, yeah, you have time. Absolutely. Which is the big thing I think people don't know. They have time and options. Yeah. And that's still your person, even though they, they may not be there, that's still your person. And, and it's good to be able to spend as much time with them before the next step in the process starts. Because once you start that, it's, um, you know, it's very hard to get off that. It's, um, yeah. it's a really busy time. So yeah, mm-hmm. put on the kettle, sit back and, and just be with your person and um, yeah. be in that moment. And, you know, different people of different faiths and belief systems may, you know, there may be rites and rituals that make people more comfortable being in the space. And different cultures believe that consciousness or the soul or the spirit or life force, whatever you would like to call it, leaves the body at various stages. And some people don't believe that there's a soul. So they don't need to, um, for them, that moment is the finite moment. And that's totally fine. But you can still be with that body and still be respectful and still spend time with them before they're removed. So some people would already know that they feel the need to spend more time with the body as the life force leaves and goes on its next journey. Um, But even if you don't have those beliefs, you can still sit and light candles, you could light some incense, you could put an oil burner on or put some music on, cuddle the person. You know, if there are children around, children are often more comfortable with this than adults are, and they're much more likely to come and be with the body and hug it and touch the body. And again, animals, you know, people would find that if cats are around or dogs, they're there. Yeah, amazing. As well. So we can take our lead a lot I think from if there are children around where their comfort is and how comfortable they are being with the body we can kind of follow their lead I think a lot adults can learn a lot from what children are doing yeah and expect you know some questions that we may not be able to answer but you know certainly give them give them answers that they may be looking for um, and and explain sometimes we don't know the answers as well um, Mm -hmm. to them but yeah absolutely and so often people feel that they have to rush into calling a funeral director and I suppose one of the most important things is actually ensuring that the death is verified so I know it varies from state to state but here in Melbourne the death can be verified by um, I believe a palliative care nurse the locum or doctor doctor or the ambulance and and that may be a little bit different in Queensland um, where you are today but yeah it's important that obviously we meet the legal requirements and and get that done yeah yeah and um you know and I and again I'm not sure what it's like in Victoria but in Queensland if it's an expected death you do not have to call an ambulance so if the person has been in regular medical care Mm-hmm. and has seen their doctor and, you know, they have been cared for in a palliative sense. If it's an expected death, you don't call an ambulance. You can just call the doctor and get them to come to the home. They can call, They can sign the medical cause of death certificate. Mm-hmm. 
you call an ambulance for an expected death, then you're going down a whole other different road that you don't need to go down. And then questions are asked again that just don't need to be asked and you can re-traumatise yourself by having to do these other processes that just aren't necessary. Absolutely. So that is an expected death that we're talking about that you don't need to call an ambulance. And um, once a death has been verified and has been certified, then the next step is organizing a funeral director. And what a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, your loved one can be transferred by any funeral director and that does not commit you to using that, that funeral director. They may charge you a transfer fee and it's certainly worth exploring. But for a lot of families, they don't realize that, you know, they just don't pick a funeral director and then that's them committed. You know, they do have choices and they do have options and they do have time. Uh, a lot of people, I'm sure you would agree that, you know, they think they just have to pick a random funeral director and, and then that starts that journey with them. But, you know, that your loved one can be transferred into their care, but that does not commit you to, to using that funeral director. Absolutely. And people have freedom with how long the body stays at home. So mm -hmm. in Queensland, you can keep the body at home for up to five days. So a lot of people balk at that, the thought of that, you know, and in Queensland where it gets really hot and sweaty and humid all the time, you can, you can still keep the body at home. You can hire cooling plates that slip in under the body. People use dry ice. They turn the air conditioner on. So, you know, most, the majority of people don't take that option. I do know of people that have, you know, you can do that. And more often it would be families who've had a baby who has died or a child and they really feel the need to spend that time with them. So, you know, not having to rush, you know, isn't just about not having to choose a funeral director. You really do have that much time at home with your loved one's body if you choose to have it with them before you make before you make the next move, if you want that. But in our society today, death is such a taboo subject that that idea for a lot of people can be really overwhelming and, and you know, can be frightening. But mm -hmm. just to recognize that there are there is support in place if you decide to do that. You know, it, it's not a case that you're on your own and you have to to work all of this out. Uh, there's certainly <laughs> just deal with the dead body on your own. For days. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, funeral directors. <laughs> they will help with that process so absolutely yeah and they you know you can find them who will come into your home and a doula will come into your home and work with you and if you wanted to you could still you could have the funeral at home and that's okay that's okay as well yeah yeah and the main thing to remember is there are no rules you do what's right yeah. for your family and for mm -hmm. your loved one and to be able to honor them in in the best way that you know Absolutely. Oh, great. Fantastic. Uh, Sophie, I would also like people to know that if an expected death does occur in a palliative care setting or a hospital or someone is in hospice, you still have the ability to then take your loved one's body home. Absolutely. And take the time with them at home. They don't have to die at home for the person to then be cared for at home. 
And, you know, being Irish, Joe, in Ireland, this is very much the norm. It's uh, more unusual for the person not to come home. And, and we take our loved ones home for three days and they remain at home. And, you know, obviously everyone in the community comes comes around. Um, and, and that leads to the next thing, you know, that letting your community know, obviously they want to support you if someone has passed away. But once you start letting them know and, and those text messages and phone calls start, you know, it, it just, that sacred time is almost gone because you, your mm-hmm. focus is on that. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Or you've got to be really conscious then of creating your boundaries that your family may need around shutting back down again or closing off that communication um, and closing, you know, and saying to people, thank you for your love and support, but we're just bunkering down a little bit now and we'll contact you when we need you. So, yeah, and you're allowed to do that. It's okay and it's healthy to create those types of boundaries when you need them. And just as a side note for people, unless you've been specifically asked by someone in those very early hours and days around someone's death, don't put tributes up on social media because sometimes, you know, I do know of situations where people, the people who needed to be informed first weren't yeah. informed because yeah. people couldn't be found and have received that news via social media. And it's not cool. It's not appropriate. So just, you know, hold off on your online tributes until you definitely know it's okay. And yes, you don't have to tell people immediately that someone has died. You can take the time to not break that little bubble yeah. that you have with them. Just do it when it feels okay. Yeah, because it's such a sacred time and you don't get it mm-hmm. back again. And, you know, having that time interrupted by the phone just constantly going off, you know, it, it can be hard. And, and, and the most important thing, you know, for anyone in this situation is making sure that they look after themselves, uh, be it their physical health or their mental health, you know, making sure that they eat properly. And like, it could be a case that, you know, they've been running on adrenaline for a few days or even weeks or months. So, making sure that you know they they take the time to look after themselves as well absolutely because as soon as you start making those phone calls and telling people more often than not you are then taking care of the person who's receiving the news yeah and that's just the nature of the beast you know and that in itself those conversations require a huge amount of emotional energy and intellectual energy and you need to be in the space to do that or just hand that job over to someone else so you can be back with your person and just being present in your grief yeah absolutely yeah wonderful so joe is there anything that someone a family can do to make this time a little easier for themselves you know is there anything in the lead up to someone passing away or anything that you can suggest to make that uh, that time a little bit easier yes is the answer to your question. (laughs) Absolutely. So one of my big things that I'm really into personally is pre-planning and preparing for our inevitable deaths. Um, So if someone's working with a doula, um, they're more likely to have those conversations and plan and make those plans. Um, Whether or whether they're not, you know, I'm always banging onto people about wills and preparing their advanced health directives and their enduring powers of attorney, et cetera, et cetera. And part of that preparation can be an end of life plan. Like people have a birth plan, 
yeah. we can have a, a hopeful end of life plan just to guide people, your support people through that time. Absolutely. You can have a after death plan and people pre-plan their funerals as well. And I've done that quite a few times with people where they get me to come and sit with them and find out what their options are and we write up a document. It's not legally binding. Yeah. However, they then have this whole list of things to say to their families. If this works for you, this is what we would hope. And that can take off a lot of that pressure. Yeah. So having the conversations with people pre-death can really help to, you know, as you've said, to pause yeah. and to know that it's okay to pause and to know that it's okay to go and put on the kettle and have yeah. a cup of tea or um, whatever is um, relevant for you. Um, but if you've got something written or a loose plan in place, then that brain fuzz and the fog and the grief that's stopping your brain from working properly, you don't need to try and access those logical centres of your brain. You can just go to your plan yeah. and think, oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, This is what we can do. And we had talked about not moving the body straight away and having people come to the house and saying goodbye. We, oh, we talked about that. Right. So all of those things can just take so much pressure of a oh, person yeah. who's feeling potentially panicked or even if they're not, if they're comfortable and they're still in grief yeah. and that impacts your brain in different ways as well. And also so pre-planning, having those conversations will always help. It brings a sense of comfort, doesn't it? You know, that they know what their person wanted because often that can be a conflict for people trying to decide, you know, you know, what, what their loved one would have liked or wanted to happen in that moment. So if, if those discussions have, have been had and, you know, it, it certainly can bring a, a comfort to everyone in that time Absolutely. and that's really confusing and overwhelming time. Yeah. And, you know, let alone then family dynamics yeah. coming into that. So even if it's a peaceful, loving experience and there's no wacky family dynamics going on, it can still be confusing and difficult. Yeah. If you've got fractured relationships and different family members with different beliefs about what should happen, then that's just multiplied yeah. exponentially. Yeah. So, you know, in those cases, even more, it can really help. Absolutely. To have yeah. that plan in place. <laughs> and it also helps the person who is dying yeah. to go. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, people will often say, oh, you know, why aren't they leaving? Like they're in so much pain or... We all thought that they were ready to go and they're hanging on, hanging on. There's a really, there's a multitude of reasons that people hang on and that can be one potentially of one of the things. Yeah. So yeah. a person being able to depart in peace, knowing that there's not all of this chaos being created after they go yeah. can help someone pass more beautifully at the same time. Absolutely. So, Joe, I think uh, one of the big things that we take away from today is to remind people that this is a sacred time after someone has, has died and for them not to feel rushed and, and also not to feel rushed into making decisions that you may regret later. Um, it is such a sacred time and you don't get it back. And, and just to, to be in that uncom sometimes uncomfortable moment because one day you might look back and, and realize how beautiful it actually was. Absolutely. Life is complicated and messy and simple and beautiful and all of those things. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't want to miss all of the beauty in all of the messy. 
Yeah. So absolutely, yes. And sometimes you don't realize it's only in hindsight that when you've got time to look back, you know, for many families in that moment, of course, it doesn't feel beautiful. I am, it, it does feel overwhelming and incredibly sad. And, and that's a big thing today as well, to remember that it is a really sad time and you will feel all of those emotions coming in. So just take the time to be in that moment. And give yourself permission to see the beauty in it. It's yeah. okay. It's okay to have moments of beauty and grace in all of that, yeah. in the messiness. And that, um, you know, when my grandmother died, she had what you could call it nothing else but a beautiful death. Yeah. She was almost 97. She died at home in her bed. Her children had been caring for her for five years around the clock. Her we, her grandchildren, great-grandchildren all visited her. Like it was just the most beautiful death that you could ever imagine. Mm. And we all were preemptively grieving her for quite a few years before yeah. she passed and were, of course, sad when she died. But there wasn't an overwhelming grief because we did have so much time. Yes. But after she died... My mum said to me, I'm just living in a state of grace. Yeah, beautiful. There wasn't, it wasn't this huge grief. I mean, it's making me emotional just mm -hmm. thinking about it now. Of course, there was sadness there and there still is for all of us. Um, and my younger sister's written recently of this blog post saying she doesn't even miss her because she's still so present in our lives. Yeah. So it wasn't an overwhelming grief space. And yeah. for my mum to say, I'm just existing in a state of grace so is stunning and it's sublime. And that's a really different place to exist than panic and potentially later regret and mm. all of those negative things. There is so much beauty yeah. that can be found in those moments. Yeah. yeah. So remembering that and looking for them and accepting that that's okay. Yeah. as well giving yourself permission to find all of those stunning little beautiful diamonds and nuggets of gold in those processes it's okay as well yeah and as complex humans it's good to remember that you know we can actually experience different emotions at the same time so you know we can experience that beauty and those really beautiful moments while experiencing overwhelming grief at the same yep. time and that's that's the nature of life and death so wonderful well thank you so much joe for having a chat today i noticed we both have a cup of tea what, what's your drink of choice today <laughs> well i was hoping to get an irish breakfast tea in honor of you uh, they were all gone so i am <laughs> drinking just a boring chai today so oh. cheers to you uh, there's nothing boring about chai, I'll tell you. Chai is my drink of choice. <laughs> uh, it's just been wonderful chatting to you as always. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge with us. And yeah, it's been lovely speaking to you. So thank you, thank Jo. You, my darling. Thank you. Bye. Bye.